Welcome to the X plus one podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler. And as I'm sure you've seen from the title of today's episode, I have a very, very special guest on today. My favorite woman on the earth, the most competitive woman I know, the most beautiful woman I know, the most athletic woman I know, with a heart for the Lord that, man, I really, truly admire and respect. You are one of the only people on this earth, mom, that has the ability to hurt my feelings because I really care about your opinion, especially when it comes to my hair. Your words are valuable and your ways are wise and you deserve the best introductions because you are the best mom. So everybody welcome my mom on the podcast. There it is, there it is, some claps. You couldn't hear the claps, mom, but I could hear the claps, there it is. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> so, so Ooh, that's quite an introduction. Give the people a little introduction of, of who you are, mama. Well, I am Luke Metzler's mom. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> well, you know what? I'll take that, Bob. I appreciate it. Today, I, I want to talk to you about two things, stewardship and leadership, and what that looks like for you, and where we see some great examples of stewardship and leadership in Scripture. And I want to do that for two reasons. And to the listener, I want to explain why I want to talk about this with my mom. It's because my mom is a tremendous leader of people, and she is a great steward of the gifts that she's been given of the family that she's been given, of the people she's been around. She's just an overall great steward. Also, mom, a big reason why I'm excited to have you on is you do bring female perspective. And so female perspective on leadership and on stewardship is important because I am not a female. So to the ladies watching, y'all enjoy because my mom has tremendous perspective and she's very wise. So before we start, mom, before we start, I would like you to share a little bit about your story of coming to faith and your relationship with Jesus, specifically around the college range, college age, just your story and who you are, like who you are now. And then I'd also like you to share an embarrassing story about me. So tell a little about your story and then go ahead. You have free reign to embarrass the crap out of me if you would like. Woo. Okay. Let me see where to start. As far as my own personal testimony, um, I was churched. I've always been churched. Um, we were kind of in and out of church, but I, I definitely knew I had a hidden knowledge of Jesus and who he was. Um, I knew the gospel. Uh, I knew, I knew the Bible. I wasn't necessarily reading it, but you know, I would go to church. I would hear it. I was blessed to go to Clemson where the culture of Clemson has a strong Christian culture. And so people would do whatever on Saturday night, but the majority of us, a big number of us would show up to church on Sunday morning. So while I was in college, though I was doing what was right in my own eyes and picking and choosing what I wanted to follow and what I didn't want to follow, um, I still had the osmosis of being around the gospel, around other Christians. Um, and though it may have just been cultural Christianity, it still kept me on a path drawing close to him. And the Lord definitely circled me with believers. And then when I got out on my own right after college was when I really had a, a come to Jesus meeting with myself where I realized I was doing what was right in my own eyes. And I had true remorse and repentance. And that is when I totally sold out. That is when I would say I became a full believer all in. Let's go. I submit to you, Lord. Um, you know, it's, it's tough when you're trying to figure out who you are and who you are in Christ 
and the submission and, and letting it go to him. But that's when I did. And then that changed the path of my life from then on. I love that. I love that so much. And I think that you can provide and will provide tremendous perspective on what it's like to be a head knowledge follower of Christ in college and then a full-blown follower of Christ post-college. So what I want to get into first, Mom, is stewardship. And I want to let my audience know what stewardship is. So stewardship, the definition of stewardship, is a word that refers to our management of something for someone else. And the Greek word for stewardship is oikonomia, which refers to the responsibility of managing a household. And Paul speaks of stewardship metaphorically in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17, as a way of emphasizing his responsibility of sharing the gospel. So the connection between being a steward and being responsible. Furthermore, 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says, in regards to our spiritual gifts, that we are to use those to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. In other words, God's given each of us at least one spiritual gift that we should steward faithfully because of our stewardship of God's freely given grace. So the responsibility that comes with the spiritual gifts we've been given and also the grace that we've been given. And so I want to say in regards to my mom, especially when it comes to a household, my mom is a tremendous steward of a household. I would know because I'm her son. She does a tremendous job of raising me and my two sisters. And she also does a tremendous job of stewarding the gifts that she's been given. And so I wanted to ask you, mom, what do you think God has given you stewardship of or stewardship over? And then also, what does it look like to you to be a good steward? The Lord has given me stewardship first and foremost over our family. I mean, when I, when I first got, I, I wasn't the type of uh, woman that dreamt about having a family and getting married. I definitely saw my life um, on the business route and being a leader in business and a leader in women's rights and, and really forwarding that. And, and God didn't change that desire within me, but he changed the path that I took. And when he blessed us with Peyton, who is your sister, our oldest, um, together with your dad, it, it changed the trajectory of what I was doing. And I really felt led that I needed to be a stay-at-home mom. And that was completely foreign to me. I never was a babysitter. I never did any of that stuff. And uh, so I really reverted back to my past, which was in sports. And we really ran our, our family like a team where, you know, your dad was more the GM and I'm the coach and we worked together to raise our family. And so we drawed upon the gifts and talents that we had that were basically uh, uh, on the field of play and in sports is where the Lord really grew a lot of the gifts that he gave me and the experiences he gave me. And then it just translated into using that with our family. And one thing I would say about stewardship is all of us have the gift of time. Like you have time. We all have 24 hours in a day. We don't how, know how long we're going to be on this earth, but we do have time. And it's, what are you doing with that time? How are you using the gifts and talents that the Lord has given you specific to you in that time that he has given you? And in the time he gave me with you guys, being at home with you was such impact. My sphere of influence with you guys was so huge. And then he would 
broaden it to people at school and then he would broaden it to your friend circles and meeting them and then he would keep broadening it in different activities you were involved in well you mentioned time which i think is really really interesting that we've all been given the gift of time and as you know which the listeners may not know guys i am a terrible planner I am not very good at scheduling. I'm not very good at scheduling weeks in advance. I am a day of guy, but I do schedule the day of very well. However, this can frustrate people like my mom who want to help me plan in advance. And I'm just like, mom, I'm so focused on today. Just today, I'm focused on today. And so I'm trying to grow in scheduling, but I want to mention that because mom, you are a tremendous planner and you do have tremendous use of your time. So you mentioned how we've all been given the gift of time and how we should all steward that. And I want to hear what your thoughts are. Like, how have you improved in your stewardness of time? How have you grown in the self-discipline of today, maybe my last day, but also just in general of like, I want to be as efficient as possible for my family, for the kingdom in the time that I've been given. Well, I hate keep, I hate to keep going back to the field of sports, but one of the gifts that being involved in sports gave me was discipline of time because it, it, there's a rigor to it. There are certain things you have to do, certain things you have to accomplish, certain things you have to be prepared for by a certain date. Um, and then early on, sports provided that framework. And then when I didn't have sports anymore, I had to, I still had different things to accomplish and I had to learn how to put that framework in for myself. And you know, the Bible talks about putting on the full armor of God and when you do start your morning putting on the full armor, and if you can grow those muscles and that discipline, the rest of your day looks a little bit different. When you don't, yeah, it can be a little more helter-skelter. So there is a little bit of growth in me as far as when I didn't have the sports that dictated my time, then it was, or gave me structure to my time. Then it came down to trial and error, what worked for me. <laughs> and you know, there's pain in that as you're growing, there's pain of like, well, that didn't work. I'm not getting stuff done. Oops. I didn't get that project done for that class because I forgot about it or I put it off too much and really learning yourself, learning the boundaries of yourself and learning what works for you. And it is a little different for different people. Some people are natural planners. I wasn't really a natural planner. I just needed it. I needed that structure. I was used to it and I needed to learn how to put it in myself. And others, they, they naturally do it. Some others, they don't want it. They buck at it and they, they have their own way of doing things. So it's kind of living here in the United States, we're very focused on productivity and how productive was my day. Mm -hmm. And I think God looks at it a lot differently on what his productivity of our day looks like. As I've gotten older, in the beginning, productivity dictated my day. As I get older, different things dictate if I'm being a good steward of my time today. That's really good, Mom, because so many of the people that I'm around at Chapel Hill, and I'm sure across the country at different universities and just life in general, are ruled and driven and may possibly governed by pr production and what they produce and how productive they are in a given day. And it can be really, really hard to quote unquote, be productive for Christ because of the enemy's tactic of busyness. And I know I've experienced that in my life where my days get so busy 
that you want to put time with God to the side. You want to put prayer on the back burner because there are other things that seem to be pressing and taking priority. So what for you, mom, what advice would you give to the listener on how they could prioritize time with Jesus throughout the day, not just at the beginning or end, but throughout the day? And also, how did you grow in prioritizing that time with Jesus despite the, the presence of busyness? And I want to elaborate on that as in not many people listening to this podcast have had kids, but you had three. And the fact that you were able to continue to pursue Christ whilst growing and nurturing three growing kids is very impressive, but also very challenging. So again, to reiterate, what advice do you have for the listener to grow in prioritizing um, their time with Jesus throughout the day? And then also, how did you grow in that? How did you maintain that? in the busyness that the enemy may have presented to you in your daily life? Whew, there's a lot to unpack there. I would say that as far as prioritizing Jesus, especially in college or as a young adult, you know, it's going to change. You're in very different seasons. Like even within this month or within this semester, you guys will go through different seasons of time where you might have a little more, you might have a little less. Um, for me, starting my day with Jesus makes a big difference in my day, but you might have an 8 a.m. class and you're up until 1 a.m. and you can't get up and do that. I think he just wants to be involved and whether it's I'm walking to class and I'm just talking to him to myself or whatever that looks like, I think is okay. I think that, I think that he loves us more than we ever really realize, because I don't know if we can love like that. So we just don't really get that he, he wants to be a priority and he should be a priority. But even when we don't make him that, any bit we give, I think he's pretty happy with. Um, and then as for me, having kids, I mean, I thought I was, a I think one inhibitor to me really coming to truly know the Lord was, I, I thought I was a pretty decent person. You know, I wasn't like doing crazy stuff. You know, I would do some things, but I wasn't super crazy. I wasn't, didn't think of myself as evil. And it's hard to know that I'm a sinner and that I've fallen short. And when I had kids and you have no sleep and you're really, really tired, you have exhaustion, which probably you guys experience to an extent with exams and school. And you're, you're just exhausted over such a long period of time. And they have needs that they can't articulate and they're just crying or screaming or whatever. And you start to have really dark thoughts over these kids that you love more than anything. And then you realize that, yikes, I really am. I really am in my, at my core, there is evil in me. There is bad in me. Like I'm born of corruptible seed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that pushed me closer to Jesus. Having kids being pushed to where you are in a dark place, whatever takes you to a dark place, um, he can meet you there and really show you how much you need him. And that, that having kids for me and having you guys so close together um, and your dad was gone and he was, he was on the road a lot, it, it really pushed. It pushed me to places that not really proud that my mind probably went. But at the same time, it, it led me to, to a deeper relationship and a deeper uh, reliance on the Lord. That's so good, Mom. That makes me smile because you're my mom. And I, I know that can be, again, I've experienced it with kids, but that busyness can be really challenging. And that leads me into my next question. 
because you mentioned the productive world we live in. And then you also mentioned how you love something or someone so much that it can take away from your desire and focus for God. And that's a struggle of mine is idolatry and idolizing things and desiring things more than the Lord. And so my question for you, and I feel like you, you'll have such a great answer for this. Do you think our world is stewarding things that we probably shouldn't? Are there things that we are trying to take responsibility of that we're prioritizing that we shouldn't? And if so, what are those things? Well, I need you to expand on that question a little bit more, but before you do, let me just say this. Our world values busyness. It values busyness. And it it may and when you're not as busy as your neighbor or this a friends, you feel like you're less worthy, like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing or you're not accomplishing enough or whatever comparison you're making, but our world values busyness. And that's completely different than what the Lord values. You know, how many times does he tell us in scripture, you know, be still and know, know that I'm God, that he tells us to slow down, that he tells us to be patient, that he tells us to wait on him. And that is very counter to what our culture tells us is important. Hmm. That's okay, my... back to your question. I wasn't sure. I was thinking that and I was half listening to your question. No, I think that was perfect. I think that answers my question perfectly. I would say for me, kind of like what you were saying, I think we try to take control or take responsibility of things that are not in our control at all. Like you were saying, like, again, you could comment on this, but I think once you have kids, you realize how little control you have over them too, of like when they're gone, you're like, I mean, even me going off to college of like, I'm in no control over what my son is doing and learning how to, to really let go of that and give that to the Lord. And so I was thinking of things that I feel like we should be giving to God. And I think a big one, a big one for me is, is the provision. I mean, being at a prestigious school like UNC, you want to get a degree and get a financially secure job. And there's that temptation of going down a path of security and safety. And I've been really big on how there's nothing safe about the gospel and how we shouldn't be living safe. And so that's something that I'm trying to do at Chapel Hill is live boldly and live radically. And I want to lead that into our second topic which is leadership. Well, wait, one second. Okay. One second before you Mm -hmm. leave that thought. Um, It's funny because what you just said is really all the things that the world tells you is safe. Go to a really good university, get a really good education, then you'll get a great job or career (laughs) and you will have the finances you need to provide for a family and take care of. But none of that is really true. It does happen for some, and it is a more mapped out path, but the truth is if you're where God wants you to be, if you're where God wants you to be, then that's the safest place. And that might be a very unsure place for you, but if you are where God wants you to be, you're, you're in a great place. You couldn't be more right, mom. That's my mom, guys. That's my mom. So moving, moving to leadership because I think that that's, it just ties in perfectly what we're talking about. I think we're all called to lead. Mom, if you disagree with me, you can let me know, but I think we're all called to different forms of leadership and we're all given different positions, but being followers of Christ, there are people out there that don't know Jesus. And so we are either leading them to Jesus every day or we're leading them astray in the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we love, the way that we conversate. We are leading someone someplace and we're also leading ourselves someplace. And so I wanted to talk about what a leader is 
And I was going to ask you that, Mom, but I actually want to take that a different direction because I think we both know who the ultimate leader is, and that is Jesus Christ. And Philippians 2, Paul writes in the mindset of Christ, saying that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And that another translation says not that he made himself nothing, but that he emptied himself. And so in other words, the ultimate leader in Jesus Christ was also the greatest servant. And so I wanted you to speak on that because, Mom, you are an incredible servant. And people listening will never understand how great my mom is because she serves our family in wonderful ways. So when I'm under the roof, there's food on the table that we never have to worry about. There's laundry getting done. There is cleaning all over the house. Our house is very clean, which I'm becoming more appreciative of now that I'm at Chapel Hill and our house is a mess with nine guys. So that I think I'm becoming more and more appreciative of. But you are such a servant and you empty yourself so much and you do it incredibly well. You know your limits and I think that's awesome. And so there's the selflessness. There's also the sacrifice and how Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And you have sacrificed many aspects of your life for many people, including myself. You sacrificed a job in the business world to be a stay-at-home mom. You felt called to that. There are a lot of sacrifices you've made uh, to further the kingdom and, and to further other people. And so you're incredibly selfless and incredibly sacrificial. And mom, I want to exhort you in that because you're amazing. And I wanted to ask you on those lines, and I don't, I don't get your head a little too puffy, but what is it like for you to empty yourself for the kingdom and for others? And how could someone listening apply that to their leadership? Because I think in college and around this age, we're all trying to learn how to be a leader. And again, I think you're a tremendous one. And so what does it look like for you just to empty yourself day in and day out for others and, and for the Lord? Well, those are really kind words. It's interesting to me to hear you say some of those things, because when you are pursuing the Lord and you're walking with the Lord, it doesn't feel like sacrifice. Mm. You know, I don't miss anything about what could have, should have been if I had taken a different path and getting to pour into our family and watch you and your siblings grow and watch the people you're becoming now to watch your interests, to have an impact. Like when we talk about, I want to have an impact, my gosh, I, I can't think of any bigger impact I could have had than on you guys. And, and when I see it bearing fruit or when I see it not bearing fruit, I trust on his promises when it's not bearing fruit, that trust, trust, uh, train a child in the way they will go, should go. And then the, when they grow old, they won't apart from it mm -hmm. to watching fruit grow and just feeling like, wow, I got to farm some of that. I got to be on the front row of that is unbelievably cool. And it doesn't feel any bit like a sacrifice. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I had told you this before at some point in time, but, you know, I kind of felt for your dad, like he was in, in working in the world and doing uh, what he felt and led to do to help provide for our family. And I felt like I got to have all these great impacts on the kingdom while he was like, just kind of doing, doing a job. And, you know, I said, I don't really see those as sacrifices. And I think when you are pursuing the Lord, so this would be my advice as you pursue the Lord and what he has for you, what he wants for you, he will, it won't feel like a sacrifice because you'll be filled with him. And when you're filled with him, there is, there are no holes, there's no voids and he will bring people alongside that'll be with you and walk with you. And, and, it, and it's, it's really great. It's all, it's really all good. So I would say as far as young leaders and people that want to lead, 
there are two things to pray for. One, pray for wisdom. You, the Lord tells you, he, he doesn't say you have to be a believer to ask for wisdom, by the way. Ask for wisdom and he will give it to you. And then the second thing is ask for favor because you can't lead people that don't want to be led. You might be the great, have all the skills of the greatest leader, but if the Lord doesn't work in people's hearts to have them want to follow you and be led by you, they, they will sabotage you and it won't go anywhere. So you need both. You need wisdom that comes from the Lord and you need favor. You need him to give you favor with him and with man. And those will, he'll, he loves us. He would, he would love to give that out to more people if they would just ask. Wow, that is an incredible answer. You, you are absolutely killing it. And speaking of, we're coming to the end of, of this podcast. And I, I want to ask you one more question, I guess two more questions. And hope, just keep these answers brief for me. Maybe try to keep them to a minute. The first question I have for you, and I'm going to ask you both, but the first one, what is the quality of Jesus that you believe we overlook? Again, with him being the greatest leader, what is a quality that you're like, man, I think we overlook this as believers and we don't highlight enough. And secondly, as your, your parting answer, mom, just do you have any lasting wisdom? You can go on any tangent you want. I'm going to give you a minute, two minutes to tell the audience whatever you want to tell them. What is a piece of wisdom that has really spoken to you that you would like to depart on the person listening to this podcast? A characteristic of Jesus that I think we overlook, I don't know if we overlook it as much as we undersell it, is how much he really does love us. And I know that sounds a bit cliche and people will talk about love, but think of how he pursues us. Think about what he did for us. And I just don't know if we get it. And I don't know if we can get it. I don't know if we can get it until we actually are with him and experience it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he pursues us with tenacity and he is long suffering and he loves us. And he, I just don't know if we can grab that. Like as much as I love you guys and love you as my son, his is, is even deeper than that. It's just yeah. mind blowing. That's good. Then as far as wisdom, I could depart. Wow. My mom is very wise, guys. So open up your ears. Oh, there, there's no pressure there. <laughs> uh, if there's any wisdom I have, it is because I have asked for it. The, the story of Solomon stuck with me when I was really little of asking for wisdom. And, and I still to this day ask for wisdom. And ever since you guys were babies I have asked for wisdom for you but what would I impart especially to those that are in college how about that narrow it down to that that's great so college young adult wisdom it's a marathon not a sprint and really things will be okay especially if you're following the Lord he will he will he will make your path straight and he will take care of you you can't really mess things up too much. You really can't. Like he will take care of you. Um, for those that maybe aren't believers or are on the fence about what they believe, he can make the, he can straighten those paths too. So don't get caught up in all the noise of how things have to look and you have to do stuff right now and you got to be with the right people. And hey, who you choose 
as your close associates are important. Look at the, the, look at the example that Jesus gave us. He had 12 disciples, but he had three really close friends. Um, pick them wisely, walk with the wise, you grow wise. A companion of fools suffers much harm. So those, those are words of wisdom that are true. So pick your friends wisely, but also know that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Not every decision, like I know as you guys just got into UNC, which is one of the best schools in the country, if you get to be in a class, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. Like it will be okay. And God is working all of this for your, for your good. And it, it's, I think that would be, I think we get so wrapped up in different things and being a part of a certain group or, you know, the other thing I heard the other day, I know I'm throwing all this stuff at you, but the other thing I heard the other day that stuck with me is you don't, you don't fail until you quit. Yeah. And so just, just keep going, keep seeking him and, and it'll be all right. That's good. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the end of the podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please feel, feel free to share or follow. Also, I would love your feedback. Let me know some topics you'd like me to speak on and let me know what you enjoy and or dislike about the podcast. I would just love to hear your thoughts. I would love to know what you guys would like to see and what you feel like I could do better, what you think I'm doing a good job of. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you guys and I love my mom. God bless. Yeah.